1: we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're up to chapter 10, we're going in that section chapter 10 and 11, which is where Jesus is sending out his, his disciples kind of like on a mini mission strip. Up to this point, they have been with Jesus, where he has been going around preaching and healing, and so now he's going to send them out And he's giving them some instructions. He's also kind of told them about a reality, the reality that's even true today. And that is, is if you're a follower of Jesus, things are going to be tough. People aren't going to like what you say. So now he comes to that part of the discussion where he's going to tell them, because of that reality, he knows that the natural reaction is going to be what? Fear. Really? I don't want to do that. I'm afraid. And what we're going to see here is he's going to tell them what they need to do about it. You know, when you think about how relevant that is to you and I, the fact of the matter is that when we talk about sharing Jesus, we talk about living for Jesus in our culture, especially in this changing culture that we're in where it's no longer acceptable for you to identify yourself as a Christian. The reality is, is you and I become crippled. Crippled by what, George? Crippled by fear. In fact, that's the first thing I want you to notice in your notes. The greatest hindrance to serving God is our fear. Bottom line, the greatest hindrance to serving God is our fear. Think about that for a moment. Think about a time when you wanted to do something for God. Think about a time when you felt God was telling you to do something, and as you were processing that mentally in your mind, as you were pondering that in your heart you came to a conclusion, I don't think I'm going to do that. And the reason why, I'm afraid of something. The fear is big. See, the greatest hindrance to you as individuals, to us as a church, is, to be honest with you, our fear. Bottom line. In fact, that's true in life anyhow, isn't it? Not just when serving God. That's true to anything. You know, there's lots of great ideas about what people want to do as far as starting a company or something, or starting a business, or trying out a new initiative. But what, a lot of people have great ideas. But the difference is, is that a lot of people give into their fears first and never see any kind of fruition to what they were thinking. Only a few people have. In fact, if you add this, listen to me, if you add failure in it. Maybe they try but then they fail. They didn't stop. They don't try anything more again because they're afraid of what? Failing again. Have you ever thought about that? See, fear cripples us. Now that's just talking about life there. But fear cripples us especially when we're talking about serving God. And that's what Jesus has been talking about here: is serving him. Going out and serving him. Now here's what. what are we afraid of. Here's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of what others will say or do. Bottom line especially when it comes to the whole issue of serving Jesus. Because a lot of times, what Jesus wants you to do when you serve him, listen to me, above all else, he wants you to tell others about Jesus, doesn't he? Bottom line, yes, it's nice to do all these other things that we do in Christendom, Yes, it's nice to be involved with relief projects, to drill wells for people, to distribute food. Bottom line, that's all part of serving Jesus. But above all of that, always, above all of that, beyond any shadow of a doubt, what God calls all of us to do beyond all of that is to tell others about Jesus. Now, here's the problem. We're chicken. We're afraid. We have to admit that. Even I am. Even when I know that I'm going to go into a situation where I know the person doesn't know Jesus and I know that I'm praying God, give me the opportunity. What wells up in my heart, what wells up in my mind is fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of how they're going to react. Fear of what are they going to say? Fear of what are they going to do? Fear. Isn't that true? We're afraid. Here, here's, here's, here's the big one. If you want to write this down in your notes, just a side note right there. We're afraid of being rejected. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause we, we want everybody to like us, don't we? We want everyone to like us. And in fact, we go to enormous steps to have everyone like us. But here's the problem. I don't know if you've matured enough to realize this even if you've matured enough to realize you still find yourself slipping into this trap but at some point you begin to realize that not everybody's going to like you and a lot of times it doesn't even have to do with what you say it just simply has to do with how you look i don't like your hairdo i don't like the clothes you're wearing and people will develop an attitude and a lot of times ladies you know this they develop an attitude because your clothes because they have the same outfit at home and now they won't wear it again And they spent whatever money. And you had no control over that. You didn't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Rejection. We're afraid of it. And, And this, can I be honest with you? Let's get to the bottom line issue. It really hinders us in wanting to serve God. Fear. Fear is a powerful motivation. And I'll be honest with you, folks. The enemy of your soul, Satan, knows that. So he will do whatever he can to cause you to be what? Afraid. Because he knows that if you're afraid, he knows that if you're struggling with fear, you will be crippled in doing your service. Do you know what I'm saying? You will be crippled. So it's this context, especially after he's just told his disciples, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now that's an encouraging statement, isn't it? that Jesus has got to come and address what's naturally going on in their minds, fear. So let's notice together the passage. We're going to look at 8 verses, verse 24 through 31. Read with me, chapter 10, Matthew. He says this, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, How much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that it will not be known. And whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetop. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Wow, what a passage. Three times in this passage, what's he saying, folks? Three times in this passage, don't be afraid. So what's going on here? Well, let's take these verses. We're going to see a couple things here. First of all, he's going to once again express the reality Well, great, George, we're already dealing dealing with a fear issue. Why do we need to... Well, he's going to tell you the reality. We're going to see that, verses 24 and 25. And then we're going to see the encouragement. This is where he gives us the three times where he tells us not to be afraid. Three times he tells us not to be afraid. So here I want you to see with me. Look at verse 24. Here's the first thing. Look with me. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus tells his followers not to expect better treatment. Okay, thought for a moment. That to me is so amazing because the reality is I'm there. I expect to be treated differently. Don't you? I expect people to respect what I believe. I expect people to to be okay with what I believe. I don't expect any kind of problems. Let's just be honest. Isn't that where most of us are at today? We expect to be in the norm of society. Well, the problem is, is we're never of the norm. And Jesus comes along and he says, look, he says, the servant is not greater than the master they treat the master one way. They're going to treat you the same way. So listen, that's what he's saying here. He tells the followers, don't expect better treatment. And if you want to know how you're going to be treated, think about how Jesus was treated. And we all know how he was treated, right? He was rejected. He was beaten. He was killed. Do you understand? On a cross. That's the reality. The reality is, is that you and I should not expect better treatment. But why, why is it that we do? We do, don't we? Well, because we're Americans. Folks, that has nothing to do with anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? The fact of the matter is, is people aren't going to like who you belong to, Jesus. And whether he's accepted or not in society is not an issue. Even during the times when it was okay to be a Christian, people still didn't like your message. Isn't that true? Think about it. If the culture still stayed the same and didn't change, people still didn't like your message, did they? No. People still didn't want to hear about Jesus. Still the same number of people didn't go to church. People didn't like holy rollers, didn't want to have, and mock. Do you understand what I'm saying? The fact of the matter is don't expect better treatment. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't expect better treatment. That's the reality. Here's the second thing I want you to see. It comes out of verse five. If Jesus was rejected, what are you expecting? If Jesus was rejected, what are you expecting? Bottom line. If Jesus was rejected, what are you expecting? And I think that's where we've got to wake up to it in, in, in reality in our own lives. I've got to wake up to it continually. If Jesus was rejected, what am I expecting? I mean, it happens. <laughs> Lori and I, first years of our ministry, pastoring, we've been, you know, we've been pastoring over 20 years now. So this was back in 1996 or something. I think Madison was. One maybe Foster was not not, maybe not even there. I don't think Foster was there yet. Maybe just getting born, and uh, we had a new neighbor move in next door, and he was the friendliest guy around. Hey, you know, he's you know, and what do you do? And then you know, he's like really wanting to get to know all the neighbors, and then came that fateful day when he said, "What do you do for a living?" And I said, because normally I don't, you know, I don't identify myself as pastor. I am a pastor. I have titles and degrees and all that. I don't identify myself as that. This is the reason why I don't. This story is the reason why I don't. I said, I'm a pastor. He never talked to me again after that. We lived next door to each other. And I remember one time going to the IGA. Lori sent me to the IGA to pick up some milk. And I'm in the grocery line. And he's right in front of me. And he will not look at me. That's because you're a pastor, George. Has nothing. No, no. Some guy, something happened in his life. And you know what I'm talking about. People find out that you go to church and they, ah, you know, they got an Attitude. It's just a crutch. And I'm going to tell you, folks, it's going to happen more often. What are you expecting? Jesus said, I was rejected. What are you expecting? That's reality. Now, wait a minute, George. I thought we were going to talk about fear because my fear level just raised. This isn't encouraging, George. I was kind of seeing life a little bit differently, and now you've kind of like stripped back the veneer. Well, this is where Jesus comes. He's setting it up for what his words are in verse 26. This is where the encouragement comes, because he's going to say several things here that you and I need to be aware of so that we're not afraid. Look with me at verse 26. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing conveyed that will not be revealed, hidden that not will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Here's what I want you to see. He's saying to you, don't be afraid to share what you know. Jesus flat out says... Don't be afraid. First fear he has to you is whatever's told to you, you need to tell others. Whatever has been hidden will be revealed. He's trying to give you a perspective here. You don't need to be afraid to share. You just share. You already know that people are going to reject you. First of all, can I, can I help some of you understand? Your job is simply to relay a message Your job isn't to save people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's only one person who saves people. That's Jesus. Do you understand? You can't convince people to change their minds. You can't convince people to change their hearts. But here's what I want you to understand. It's your job to share. So don't be afraid. All you're doing is telling people what you know. What you believe. So don't own it. Don't own the rejection. If anything, you're supposed to expect it, right? So don't be afraid. Very first thing. Don't be afraid to share what you know. Here's the second one. I think this is a meaning. He says, verse 28, here's the second one. And don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Now, wait a minute, Joel. Oh, wow, that one, a verse. Don't be afraid of those who can kill. You better believe it. I'm afraid of somebody killing me. Here's what Jesus is wanting you to understand. He wants you to have a better perspective. Yeah, they can kill your body. But they can't take away your eternity. You understand what I'm saying? they can't take away your hope. They can kill your body, they can't take away your hope. In fact, this is the point that Jesus is making. Here's the second thing. Don't be afraid because you belong to God and eternity. And here's how he does it. He wants us to get things in perspective. Who would you rather be afraid of? The person who might be able to kill you, but isn't going to take away your eternity? Or the God whom you serve who is the one who can cast people into hell. Who would you rather fear? I think I'd be afraid of God. See, this is what he wants you to understand. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid of what the outcome might be. Don't be afraid of what the consequences might be because you belong to who? God. Not just God, folks. You belong to eternity. What do you mean by that, George? Because you live, because you belong to Jesus, because you gave your life to him, you will live for what? Ever. In eternity. So it doesn't really matter what happens in this life to this body, does it? It doesn't really matter. In fact, that's what Paul says. For me to live is what? Christ. To die is what? Gain. 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 Don't be afraid because you belong to God in eternity. So here's what he's saying. You go ahead and share. Don't be afraid of other people. You say, well, you know what, George? That really, that's not really much of an encouragement. I'm just being real with you, George. Okay, be real because I understand. But he's not done sharing with you yet. He's not done because he's going to bring in an illustration to help you to understand. Because everything up to this point where he's talked about us not being afraid, it still seems like it's me alone doing it, right? I'm supposed to share. That's just me alone. Okay? I'm not supposed to worry about somebody who might hurt me. It's me alone. It, it just The implication is it's just me alone. And, and so what? You know what? I'm still afraid. I know I'm supposed to. I'm still afraid. Well, here's what the last two things are going to show you. The last two things Jesus says here are what's powerful. So let's look together at what he's saying here one more time before I give you these last two points. Look with me at verse 29. And are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. See, I think Jesus anticipates that what he's telling us not to be afraid of up to this point probably isn't easing you, your fear in your heart probably isn't helping you out as much. So he's going to take it one step further to help you to understand it's not just you. There's something greater going on why you don't need to be afraid and why you need to carry on and do what he's asking you to do and share with others about Jesus. Here's the first thing I want you to see. We see it in verse 29. God is aware and concerned for the insignificant. And here's how he illustrates that. He illustrates it through sparrows. Now, you guys know what sparrows are, right? Every day when I come out of the office and walk up into the parking lot here, there's usually five or six sparrows flying around underneath my vehicle and out in the parking lot. And and yeah, they look cute if you're into birds. All right? But they are pretty what? Insignificant, aren't they? In fact, here's how insignificant they were even in Jesus' day. You could buy two sparrows for a copper coin. Now, what do you mean a copper coin? Well, that was probably the least amount coin in their society. In fact, that's still true even today in our society, isn't it? What's the cheapest coin in your purse right now that's made of copper? A penny. Except, I think, in Jesus' day, a copper coin was even less than a penny. And here's what he says: You can buy two sparrows for a coin, but nothing happens to them apart from God's being aware, apart from His will. He knows that even when a sparrow dies, see, he's aware. And concerned about the insignificant. Now here's what's so wonderful about that for you and I. And should be the encouragement. Because here's what happens. Because when fear takes over. I can tell you with that fear comes these feelings of insignificance. And feeling alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? Insignificance and fear of being alone. And, and, and during those times of when we're afraid to do what God's calling us to do, we feel like he's given us this job to do with no manual about how to do it. And, and, and he's basically said, okay, you take care of it. I'm going to bring you to an account later about how you did. And you're like, what? I'm supposed to figure this out on my own? How am I supposed to do this? And the reality is, listen to me, the reality is, is that You in the midst right there are feeling those feelings of insignificance. How am I going to do this? I'm nobody. Yeah, but you're a nobody that God cares for. You're a nobody who God is aware of everything that's going on in your life. In fact, He cares. Do you understand? You've got to realize that. He's aware and concerned for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's aware and concerned for you. Here, here's the thing. In fact, he's not a mean parent. Like sometimes, sometimes I get frustrated with my boys. Tell them something to do. I, it's easy. It doesn't take a, just think, doesn't take a rocket scientist, you know. And and I get frustrated. And sometimes we think God's like that with us. But actually, I'll be honest with you, he's pretty patient with us. In fact, here's the interesting thing. He's He's got to be the greatest dad ever. He already knew that you were going to act the way you did about doing what he told you to do. And already figured that into his plan. The problem is, is I'm not like God, so I'm like, you know, but God's not that way because he's concerned for you. You're not insignificant to him. Listen to me. He's got something for you. Do it. Don't be afraid. Here's the other thing he says. Look with me at verse 30 and 31. But the very hairs on your head are numbered. and Don't fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. I I like to look at verse 30 and say, yeah, God knows how many are falling out of my head. Do, do, Do you know what I'm saying? Here's what he's saying. God knows everything about you because you're important to him. That's what the point he's making here. You don't be afraid. God knows everything. He knows that when you go share Jesus with that person, that person might reject you and might say something bad or might do something. He knows that. But he still told you to go. Listen, I think we've got to get everything into a perspective here. George, came to know Jesus as in my second semester at the University of South Carolina when I was studying to be an engineer. I had the gospel presented. I responded. But I'm going to tell you right now, that was in 1985. I was 19 years old. There were many times before that, many times before that, when the gospel was presented by people that I did not respond in a positive way. That I did not respond in a way which was affirming. And there were many times to my shame where I rejected. But I'm going to tell you something. On this side of the decision to follow Jesus, I am thankful that the people who I rejected still shared. Do you understand what I'm saying? that the people who still came and said something to me, I still came, even though maybe I was a young punk and more interested in things that I shouldn't have been interested in. But they were still there. And I'm thankful that they were obedient to the Father to share, aren't you? I mean, I think, I think that's just me sharing it, George sharing it. I think if we had an opportunity to share, some of you would say, yeah, that's my story. There were other people who shared with me and I had no time for them, no time for them, but I'm thankful now that they had time for me and that they were one of many touches in my life to the point where I ultimately responded. In fact, isn't that what Paul says? Paul says in his, 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 his letters that one sows, another waters, and another what? Reaps. See, we're so afraid, we're so afraid, but here's the problem, folks. You might be the guy who's planting the seed, or you might be the gal who comes along with the water pot and waters. And don't be afraid, because here's the thing. He knows everything that's going on. He knows everything about you, and here's the thing. You are important to him, but he's got a job for you to do. He's got a job for you to do. This is what he's saying here. Don't be crippled by fear.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web